The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Now, we will be looking at the uh, Christmas aspect of worship uh, in the following weeks, but today we're going to set the table going back to Genesis 22. About two and a half years ago, I preached an entire series on, on worship, and uh, although it's the same text and the same theme, it's a little different outline but I believe this is one of those critical truths that every Christian needs to build their life on in recognizing, really, what is Bible worship? And uh, how can I know that as I uh, go through my life that I am truly worshiping God? It's sad, many go to church, but few worship. Uh, there's many that sing songs, but few worship. There's a lot of folks that uh, listen to sermons, but very little worship. And this morning, I'd like us to go to that first mention of the word worship in your Bible. It's here in Genesis 22, and I'd like for this story to once again grip our hearts and minds to cause us to see what worship is really all about. It's interesting, we're living in a culture and even in, in churches where there is a consumer mentality. Uh, I'm coming to church to see what I get. Uh, I'm coming to church to see what they're putting on this week and, and the performance and, and uh, really the ambiance of, uh, of the facilities. And so many times in the culture that we're living, our, our heart is... Uh, is uh, confused uh, because we don't really understand Bible worship because so much is coming at us from the Christian community that's really confuse, confusing the issue. And uh, so it's always good to go back to the Bible to have the Bible straighten us out uh, when it comes to this important, important reality. Um, the Bible tells us here in Genesis chapter number 22... And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abram rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. Again, let me read the last half of that verse. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Lord, we praise you this morning for God, the, the life that you've given to us, the privilege that we have to know you, the reality of a local church that we can come and be encouraged and, and develop relationships with godly men and women. 
Lord, I pray this morning that as we open up your word that, God, you would just take control. Lord, we desperately need to have a a clear understanding of how we might be able to worship you more effectively. And I pray, God, that today you would help us through the story of Genesis chapter 22. Lord, thank you for each one that is here. Thank you for uh, raising some up and, and letting them be with us here again. Thank you for Sister Sandy, and Lord, you're allowing her to recover and be here in the service, and Sally and others that, uh, Lord, have been uh, fighting uh, some uh, difficulties, and, and uh, yet, Lord, so good to see him, them today. Uh, Lord, we just pray that uh, you would allow us this morning now to focus on your word and minister to us, I pray. I ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, when you come to trying to define worship, it's, it's not really an easy thing for anyone to do. Uh, worship is something that God does define. I believe the first mentioned principle here, finding the word the very first time in the Bible, gives us a tremendous clue as to really what Bible worship is all about. And let me tell you something, it's not about what uh, so many think it's about. It's not about me coming and walking away just with, oh, uh, wasn't that an awesome message, or wasn't that an awesome special, or wasn't that just a great time of fellowship. Really, worship is focusing on God himself and allowing our hearts and minds to be consumed with him. Not, not, Not occupied here with anything else but the Lord. Uh, there's a, a story here of uh, a great uh, a preacher in, in years gone by, by, Harry Ward Beecher, that was well known for his oratory. And boy, the man could just preach. And folks came far and wide to hear him preach. And, and uh, he had a brother that was not quite as well known come to visit and uh, 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 he was asked to preach that day. Well, can I tell you, there was a whole lot of folks that were disappointed because they didn't come to, he- to, to hear Henry Ward Beecher's brother. They came because they wanted to hear Henry Ward Beecher. And uh, as soon as he was introduced and started walking there to the platform, folks started to get up and walk out. Now, that's unnerving for a pastor, all right? Uh, be kind. Uh, but uh, they, they were a little disappointed. They, they didn't come to hear the brother. And uh, so the brother immediately said these words, everyone here who has come to worship uh, Henry Ward Beecher, uh, you can leave. <laughs> Wow, that's quite the something to say. Everyone that is here that wants to worship God, just stay in your seats. You know, sometimes uh, worship has become man-centered. It's become personality-centered. Uh, it's become centered here on uh, a, a particular, maybe, church or experience. And yet I want you to know that when we look at Bible worship through the lens of Genesis 22, what we're going to see is worship as it truly is. And I pray that God would help each and every one of us as we desire to truly worship our King during this marvelous, marvelous season. So let's begin looking at verse number 1 of Genesis chapter number 22. 
And I want you to see, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And it is God that said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. First of all, this morning, I want you to see worship and the scriptures. Worship and the scriptures. You know, there is no true Bible worship without God's word as the focal point of worship. You know how much worship is going on today that is pagan? You know how much worship there is going on today that uh, has nothing to do with God and everything to do with uh, some imagination in someone's mind about uh, who they think God is? And yet the scripture is very clear that God is desiring for us in our worship to allow God's holy word uh, to dictate how you and I worship. You see, Abraham and Isaac were going to go to Mount Moriah and they were going to worship and come again. And as they were going to go and worship, the reality is they were going because God said go. They were going because God clearly in the scriptures dictated that I need you to bring your son, your only son, to this mountain. So worship really has nothing to do with my feelings or what I want to do. Do you think Abraham wanted to get up that morning and grab his son knowing that that would be a, a, a journey uh, where at the end of that journey in the land of Moriah, he would offer up his son as a sacrifice. Can I tell you, there was nothing inside of Abraham that was excited about the experience. And yet for, for so many in the world today, uh, worship to them is experience. Worship is all about uh, what I feel uh, instead of what does God say in his holy word. You remember John chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman as Jesus tried to teach her about true worship? And she had a, a, a confused worship. She was a Samaritan. And uh, you know, the Samaritans, they had their own form of worship. They had their own sacrifice. They had their own place that they would go. Uh, uh, and, uh, and we recognize here that Jesus Christ said, listen, uh, I'm looking for true worshipers that'll worship me in spirit and what? truth you know true bible worship is in spirit and in truth and if the truth of god's word is not at the center of our worship can i tell you something it's not it's not something that god is going to receive you see he's worthy of receiving worship and honor and glory from his church from his people he's worthy of it we ought to be able to sing that hymn this morning, Oh, worship the King, and meet it from the, from the depths of our heart. Because that's why you're here today. You're here to worship the King. You're, you're here to allow God uh, here to be reverenced in your heart, in your mind, and have an awe of Him. And can I tell you, that takes a preparation on our heart and mind that we're going to get to in just a little bit. But that worship in the scriptures is so clear. There is worship that is not grounded in the word of God. Remember Satan there uh, at the temptation of Jesus Christ? What, what was one of the things that he wanted from the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just bow down and worship me. 
You see, Satan knew what God really desired. Satan was a fallen angel. Satan was one of the three great angels of heaven, Michael, uh, Gabriel, uh, and Lucifer. And we see that when he fell, a third of the angels of heaven fell with him. But he knew what heaven was about. It was about the worship of God. And he knew if he was going to set himself in the place of God, that he would get worship too. Isn't that interesting that Satan craves worship? And yet we see that worship ought to be reserved only for God. And so it has to be rooted in the word of God. Again, uh, and said unto him, God said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. You know, God would explain the when, the what, the where, the how, the who of worship to Abraham. And Abraham would go. Not because he got up that morning thinking, Woo! I get to go and worship! But he knew. He knew what worship really was. He knew and he recognized here that worship was the giving of oneself in sacrifice to Almighty God. And as we gather together and we have a worship center and we call this a worship service, oh, that we would truly be a people that know how to worship God. And worship begins with the foundation of the scriptures. Number two, not only do we see here God speaking, so the foundation of worship is the word of God itself, but we also see now Abraham's reaction to the word of God. And so worship and our submission. Let me ask you, what do you do when you hear the word of God? How does the word of God challenge you? How, how do you take away personally from a message that you hear, whether it's on the radio or here at church or maybe in your own study as uh, you're reading through the Bible and God through His Spirit is ministering to you? Let me ask you, what do you personally do with the Word of God? See, that's a part of worship. Worship isn't just recognizing that God is the one that sets the parameters here for worship, but that I must respond to God. And to God's word. Listen, what's the point of us gathering together if it's not to worship the king? It's not to have lives here that uh, are worshiping God now in preparation for eternity where we'll get to worship him forever. Oh, that we would get a hold of it. That the scriptures are foundational, but then there needs to be a submissiveness on our part. What does the scripture say in verse number 2? When he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into uh, the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went onto the place of which God had told him. I want you to see here that there was a submissive heart in Abraham when it came to worship. When you come to worship, you come with a submissive heart. 
When you come to worship, you come with an understanding that the Scripture, that's the foundation. That's what I'm resting on. That's what I'm uh, believing in to help me and guide me through this next week as I look to the Lord for His leadership. But are you submissive? You know, one of the greatest qualities we can have is that quality of being submissive to the Word of God. See, God doesn't want us just to be a hearer of the Word. What does He want? A doer. You can't be a doer of the Word of God without being submissive to the Word of God. If God is going to get pleasure from my life and your life, then we're going to have to allow the Scriptures and then our attitude toward the Scriptures to be so clear that we are surrendering our will over to His. Now, you know the story of Abraham Isaac, right? Sarah is 90 years old. Abraham is 100. They don't have a son. God promised the son, remember? A matter of fact, God gave the name, Isaac. Uh, and, and God said, you're going to call him Isaac. And in Isaac, your seed will be blessed. Every promise that Abraham was clinging on to rested in his son Isaac. I, I mean, the, 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 the nation that God was going to build is going to rest in that boy that God gave Abraham as a hundred-year-old man. Now, Abraham here is about 120 plus. Some, some say maybe uh, uh, 120, 130 years old. And, uh, and Isaac is uh, a young adult man. And uh, Abraham wakes up and he's, every time looks at Isaac, he's got a smile. Remember, Isaac means laughter. Uh, every time you look at his son, he's just got a laugh. Wow, <laughs> what did God do? I mean, God allowed us in our old age to have this beautiful, beautiful boy. Isn't God good? And, and every time he saw Isaac, he saw his future. He saw the nation that God was going to bless. And God one day said, I want you to take the apple of your eye, the, the thing that you love dearest, and I want you to bring it to me and put it on the altar. Can I tell you, that's really a picture of worship. You say, I, I want to know how to worship God. Well, it's not just getting all excited. Uh, it's not rolling in the aisles and jumping up and down. Uh, it's not singing the, the, the trendiest chorus coming down the pike. That's, that, that, that can be a part of worship. But Bible worship begins with the foundation of the Scripture and then my submissiveness to it. And recognizing that, boy, I, I just want to yield myself to the awesome word of God because God cannot fail. Has there ever been a promise that you've seen in God's word where God's failed? He can't fail. God here is desiring for us to recognize that I want you to gather together and I want you to worship, but it has to be centered on the scripture and then it has to be centered on your submissiveness. Everything in this text screams out Abraham's submission. He got up early uh, the next day. He saddled uh, the ass. He took two of his servants. He took his son. He got the wood. He got the knife. He got the fire. Everything he needed to accomplish the task, he was ready. He was prepared for worship. Can I ask you something? When you come to God's house, are you prepared for worship? Are you prepared for worship? Uh, and and I, I'm going to be careful here, but you know sometimes Saturday night really hinders us from really worshiping God Sunday morning. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? 
you know, uh, it, it's that day that, yes, we thank God, we have a, a day that many of you can rest and so on, but uh, it's sad, but Saturday night seems to linger and go on and on and on and on and on, and then all of a sudden, uh, we're, we're enjoying playing and having fun and, and not doing any preparation when it comes to worship. I want you to see here in this text that Abraham was prepared for worship, and it meant kind of shutting down something so that he could focus on God and what God wanted him to do. Uh, I, I realize that some folks, you get in a, in a place and you sit down and you're comfortable and you nod off. I confess I've done it. All right? uh, that's why I move around. I'm just trying to stay awake. right? Uh, but we've all done that. We've all been there. We've all here snoozed a little bit uh, during a preaching uh, time. But can I tell you, if we were actually preparing the night before to say, God, I want to worship you. I want to come and be attentive. I, I want my heart to be gripped by your word so that I can surrender to it and, and, and worship you as you're worthy of being worshipped. Can I tell you something? Our Saturday night schedule is going to change. It just will. We're not going to be consumed with all the other stuff because we're preparing. What? To meet with God. And all that that would just stir us here this morning. Worship in the scriptures. Worship and our submission. Number three, worship in our steadfastness. Here the Bible tells us in verse number four these words. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. Now I want you to know he rose early, verse 3 in the morning, saddled his ass, took the young man, got all the things that he knew he would need for this sacrifice. And now in verse number 4, we see that he's on this journey to Moriah. Listen, it takes some steadfastness to worship God. It, it takes some preparation, it takes some planning, but it just takes a resolve that, listen, church is not about, oh, can I be entertained this morning? Church is about God and meeting Him. Letting His Word and His Spirit change my heart. Listen, I need a heart change. And I know the only place that happens is when God's Word is working in my heart through His Spirit. And oh, you need to be praying for your pastor as he uh, prepares messages for the, the, the people of God uh, as we meet together and recognize that if I'm going to really have a consistency in my worship, there's going to have to be a steadfastness about me. I mean, just staying with it. It's such a blessing to talk to Christians that have been Christians for decades upon decades. Just been faithful. I tell you, I see people falling left and right all the time. Oh, to see someone that's been following and walking with God for 40, 50, 60 years. What a blessing. <laughs> oh, what a joy. Steadfastness in worship. They gave their life to the Lord and they're desiring here for God to be glorified. I mean faithful until death. Oh, what a blessing that is. Uh, just stay faithful. Stay steadfast. You don't know who's watching you. You have no idea who right now is watching your behavior when it comes to the Word of God, surrendering yourself to God's Word, and just you're sticking by the stuff. I tell you, that's a, that's a great testimony to this younger generation. And, and I tell you, I praise God for you. I thank God for you. 
and, uh, and all that are, are, are young Christians here could be around you to be able to uh, catch that, all right, so that they can have uh, some steadfastness as well when it comes to the things of God. Again, if worship is entertainment, is, if worship is a, a production, uh, then, you know, if I don't feel like being entertained this week, I just don't want to be there. All right? But if worship is something totally radically different than just being entertained, then boy, there's going to be a steadfastness because it's God's word that spoke. It's my heart that surrendered. Right? And now there's a steadfastness in my life because I, I just want to worship God. I want to come together to worship Him. I want to come together to exalt Him. I know in, in some circles the word worship has been mocked and made fun of and ridiculed, and yet all through the Bible you have uh, the reality of, of true Bible worship is what God craves. What does God want this morning? He wants Crown Point Baptist Church to worship Him. And not, not centered on a man, a personality, uh, uh, but a Savior, Jesus Christ, who is, by the way, the builder of the church. He is the head of the church. It's not about uh, Pastor Mark this morning. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Christ and our worship of Him and all the blessings that will flow as we give proper worship to our God. All right, number four, worship and our separation. I want you to see here in the text that the Bible also tells us in verse number five, and Abraham took the wood of um, verse 5 and abraham said unto his young men abide ye here with the ass and i and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you well i preached this uh, two and a half years ago that you know uh, you need to leave some things outside the doors when you come to worship there are some distractions that we just don't need when we come to worship god by the way if Abraham is 120 and 30 years old and you had two servants and he's about to sacrifice Isaac, do you think maybe those two servants would have uh, proactively tried to stop Abraham? Who knows? Oh, no, 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 that's the future heir. That's the promised one. You don't raise a knife here to Isaac and they could have easily restrained old Abraham. But there's some things that we just leave at the door. Listen, I know it's easy to come to church with a world, of, a world of burdens on your shoulders. I know it. We live in a very complicated society. And yet, can I challenge you that when you walk in through these doors, that you walk in with a heart that's ready to worship God and let's leave the servants outside. That's all they are. They're servants. But worship is personal between me and my God. Worship revolves around the scripture and what God has to say. Then my submission to it, my steadfastness in it, and then my heart of really being separated from anything that would distract me from worship. I, I know it's easy to allow this brain of ours to wander. We're so conditioned, aren't we, through television? I don't know how, how, what, what, how many seconds a scene is, but I tell you, we're living in a society where just, they're just going to show one picture for only so long because they know your mind's going to wander. And I tell you, it is an act and a, and a work of the Holy Spirit of God to, to give us ears to hear what the Spirit saith. 
And that's a wonderful prayer, by the way. Oh, God, give me ears to hear what you're wanting to say this morning. Oh, God, would you teach me from your word? Would you help me to biblically worship you today? Would I recognize the place of the word of God and my submission to it in my worship? Would I just be steadfast, resolved here to uh, worship you at all costs and, and be willing to separate from all of that that would hinder true Bible worship? That's why Jesus instructed the Samaritan woman uh, that worship is in spirit and truth. You know, when I'm coming to worship, I, I do want to allow the Holy Spirit of God uh, just to help me in, in, in that moment where I'm being challenged from God's Word that the Holy Spirit of God would take His Holy Word and drive it deeply into my heart to, I mean, do surgery in my life. Cut away at that which is an offense to God, which would hinder worship with God. And just let God help us as we separate. There was a specific place in the land of Moriah. It would be a, a sacred place. It would be a solitary place here. And Abraham was called. Uh, worship, again, has nothing to do with what I want. It has everything to do with what God wants. Boy, if this generation will ever get a hold of that. You know, you know the church that feels like they have to one-up it every Sunday? And uh, I mean just one-up it every Sunday. I think the reason for that is we really don't understand Bible worship. We're so conditioned uh, to be a spectator. Uh, we're so conditioned here that we just come and, and watch instead of really come with prepared hearts to worship our God. And separation has a big part of that. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing for us on Saturday night to pause a little bit and say, God, would you just prepare my heart for the, for the day tomorrow? God, would you just prepare my heart to receive your word? Um, uh, so, so, some uh, might come to a service and they just walk out and, well, I didn't get anything out of that message. Let me ask you, were you prepared to receive a message? Well, pastor didn't do handstands this week, you know, or cartwheels. That would have been something. Uh, I think my wife can still do a cartwheel, but don't ask me to do a cartwheel. Uh, no, that, that is really not what this is about, is it? It is about God. And, and God prepare me for Bible worship. The Bible also tells us here in verse number 5 this truth. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now, I've got an old English word, surety. It's just another word for confidence or faith. Number five. But worship and our surety. Do you know what Abraham was so convinced of that when he went to worship in the presence of God and offered up his son Isaac as a burnt offering before God, that God was going to raise him from the dead? Read it, Hebrews chapter 11. You know why uh, Abraham is in the hall of faith? It's because of chapter 22. 
It's because he believed that this is the promised son. He believed that Isaac was going to be the one where the whole uh, uh, future history of uh, God's people will come from Isaac. And he knew that if I offered up Isaac as a burnt sacrifice, God would have to raise Isaac up. That's called faith. You know, we really can't have worship without faith. You really can't have Bible worship here uh, without a demonstration of our faith and believing God. That yes, God could even raise up Isaac from the dead. You know, when we come to worship God and, and we come uh, to uh, separate from things that are interfering here in our worship of God, uh, we also need to come with hearts that are filled with faith in our God and God's ability to do all uh, that God has declared that he will do. I get challenged sometimes, just like you do from God's word, and I have to read it over and over again and go, God, did you really mean that? He did. I opened God's word, and I let God speak to me. He gives me inside... uh, Uh, a translator, the Holy Spirit of God, that allows me to understand the Word of God and know uh, what God is wanting for me to know. And in this area of worship, oh, that we would in faith come, recognizing that He's wanting to receive our worship. He's wanting us to come and worship the King. He's worthy of it. And He desires it. And he desires for us to yield ourselves to the task. Number six, worship and sacrifice. Genesis 22 is all about the sacrifice of Isaac. You know, the closest definition I have to worship is really sacrifice. That's what worship is. Sacrifice is what Abraham was willing to do, and when he turned to those two young men, he said, listen, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and will come again to you. What he was saying, he's saying, listen, I and the lad, we're going to go and there's a sacrifice that's going to be made to God. And I tell you, that's worship. That's Bible worship. And all that God would do such a deep work in us through our time of worship that from our life would stream a sacrificial heart and spirit. That we would recognize that really worship to God uh, is, is that which he's wanting to receive by faith, but that there is a sacrifice that is involved by us. You see, Abraham was preparing an offering of his own son. By the way, the most priceless thing that he had his own son. Astounding. The greatest gift that he could ever give God was his own flesh and blood. And the Bible says he willingly places that on the altar with a desire for God to receive this act of worship. Our sacrifice is a part of worship. You hear me say it all the time. Yes, we need to come together to encourage one another, admonish one another, love each other, uh, uh, learn God's word, give to the Lord. All of it is a part of worship. 
Yes, the Word of God has a part. My submission to it has a part. My steadfastness in it has a part. My being willing to separate, yes, from some things that will interfere in worship is a part. Surety, my faith, that's a part of it. And then my sacrifice, that's a part of it. Only two elements are allowed in worship on Mount Moriah. Abraham and the treasure of his heart. That's all that was allowed. Abraham and the treasure of his heart. And oh, when we come to worship, may God help us to truly worship him in spirit and in truth. And then lastly, this morning, we see worship and God's supply. You know, we always take back more than we give to the Lord in praise and glory and adoration. We always come away with more than we ever came with. Uh, Abraham went to Mount Moriah, I'm sure, uh, with a heart that was heavy. Now, he staggered not at the promise of God, Romans 4 says. I mean, he didn't falter in his steps. He didn't hesitate. He didn't question God. He didn't say, God, are you sure? God, what are you doing? None of that. I mean, he just set his course. He got up early the next day. He got all the things together. He got his son Isaac. He got his uh, two men to to come along to help. And they just started that journey. And and it took them three days before they saw Mount Moriah uh, there in the distance. And he went with the intent to worship and to sacrifice, bringing that which was most precious to him. And by the way, start doing a study of worship in the Bible and you're going to see people bringing that which is most precious to God in worship. The Magi we're going to look at, the wise men, guess what? They brought what was most precious to them. They desired here to give there to the Lord that which was precious. How about Mary with uh, that oil of spikenard? You know what she brought? She brought true worship to God in preparation for his burial. I'm just telling you, worship is not what you think it is. Bible worship begins with the Word of God. And it ends with God's supply. You know the story. Isaac is laid out there on the altar. Abraham's about to take the precious life of his son. God intervenes. God provides a substitute. A ram caught in the thicket. And, and they, all, they offer up that, that, that ram as a burnt sacrifice to God. And there, the title of God that we know, Jehovah Jireh, God will supply. God will supply. Oh, we, 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 we take away so much more than we bring. We really do. If we have a heart that's prepared for worship. Every Sunday together ought to be something where, boy, we receive from our gracious God because we have come prepared to worship Him. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.